Man, oh man, do we got ourselves another wild month in the real estate market where mortgage rates have continued to fall, but real estate's continuing its slide downward. How far will it go? Nobody knows, but stick tuned to this video to find out where it's at now. So the question is always the same. How do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera, and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. I'm John Barr with an investor's journey, bringing you the best tips, tricks, and strategies to help you succeed in real estate the right way. In this channel, we go over everything that's working in our business and a lot of things that aren't working. If you find this information useful, we would love it if you give us a like and a share and let somebody know about our content. And without further ado, let's get right into this video. All right, for the month of October, our single family residential permits dropped another 41% year over year down to 629. Two to four units with no change, and that's at 36 permits. Five plus units. Now, this is a trend that I have seen and it continues to persist of massive year over year increases in the multifamily space. So, we were up 64.4% year over year in the multifamily permits up to 1,049. Average sales price up to 38309 which is an 8.17% increase year over year. Median sales price up to 317,000, and that is a 5.7% increase year over year. And while we continue to see quote unquote year over year price increases at five, six, 7%, where it's typically around three to 5% year over year, this is a stark difference than where it was at this time last year, up at double digits, 18, 19, 20%. And this is a very steep decline from where it was earlier this year. So I do anticipate to see the median sales price and the average sales price continue to decline and possibly even going negative in the coming months. So stick tuned to see if that happens in the next couple months. So now let's take a look at our median sales prices posted over time. And now this is something I keep telling people that we want to continue to watch because the regular real estate market will return. Everything pre-2020, you can see where it kind of went up in the winter or up in the summer, down in the winter, up in the summer, down in the winter. And those are our real estate cycles. And you can see 2020, it just went haywire for two, two and a half years. But we are starting to see this market normalize and normalize in a very rapid way. I continue to see this next year is going to be very painful as far as year over year price declines from where it was at this time last year and the year before, but only time will tell. But the reason I say this is important is you need to continue to watch this information because you see what the normal real estate cycles are. So we got really kind of pulled forward a lot of sales and a lot of buyers in these last two years. So it's normal to see or to expect that we're going to have some form of normalization as time goes on. So Keep tuning in to see how this changes over time. Next up, we have the year-over-year -year appreciation. And now this is something I've seen where you can see the normal kind of cycles between the last real estate bottom and up until 
COVID in 2020 when it went through the roof. And you can see how fast this has dropped off. That's why I track this information because I want to see what the overall trend for appreciation is. And this is where I draw my conclusion that I do expect the year-over-year -year appreciation to probably drop negative sometime in early next year to the first second quarter, early next year, first second quarter. I do expect to see this number go negative for a period of time because we had such massive appreciation the time before that. Our average over time is usually three to four percent year over year, but we've been running at seven, eight, nine percent over a 12 year, 12 month average. So that number has to normalize. So I do expect to see these higher interest rates put pressure on the market and see the real estate market kind of normalize and drop a little negative in the next coming months to a year. Next up, we have the total sales. So it was almost a 20% decrease in total sales from October of last year to this year, down to 2,677 total sales. Average rental price was a still an increase of 5.4% up to 1,782. So now let's take a look at the monthly rents. And you'll notice that looks very similar to the overall median sales price, where the rentals have their cycles as well. Given these last two years, it's been a little haywire, but it will start to normalize to where we kind of typically prices go up in the summertime, down in the winter, up in the summertime, down in the winter. And here's a little a pro tip that we do for our rental properties is all of our leases for all of our rental properties we own end in the springtime between the months of March and June. You don't want to do everything in the one month because you don't have too many turnovers in one month killing your cash flow, but we do spread everything out between those time frames, as you can see, because the data shows that if we have a tenant move over, move out, and we need to turn the property over, we can get another tenant in there, increase rents to the high, almost the highest time that you can get for that particular year. So I do see the rental market softening as I just rented two, two of our own rental properties and it took about a week, week and a half longer than what it had taken the last couple of years. So I do see rental prices starting to see that price pressure starting to ease, but just like the overall sales prices. So now let's take a look at the employment numbers. We are sitting just shy of 1.2 million employed here in the San Antonio MSA, and that is a 2.98% increase year over year, and we gained 10,959 jobs. The unemployment rate stayed pretty steady to at 3.53. Now, these are numbers that I am watching religiously as the employment. So if we continue to see an overall employment gains every month year on a year-over-year -year basis, I see that as a very positive sign for our market. While our prices might be under, be under a lot of pressure right now because of these interest rates, that's going to be just temporary. The Federal Reserve uses interest rates as a tool to speed up and slow down the overall economy. And a lot of it is done via real estate because you think of how many hands touch the overall building and real estate market from the, from the farmers when they plant that tree all the way to the end product when you buy your house. That's a lot of piece, a very large piece of the economy. But if we're continuing to gain jobs here and when they do bring the overall interest rates down, making the prices more affordable for individual owners, that's going to put a lot of pressure for now the real estate to pick back up. So that's why I watch a lot of these economic, economic indicators so I can formulate the best opinion, I think what's going to happen. So even though prices might be falling down under a lot of pressure, we are still gaining jobs here. That means we are getting a lot of employment to where when prices do fall, that means that the real estate market has a good chance or better chance of coming roaring back in the future whenever they start to lower interest rates again.
This is also one reason why I track this over time, because you can see what the overall prices have done historically over the last 20 years, going back to the last two recessions coming out of the 20 or the 2000.com bubble, where it kind of goes down gradually and then spikes up. And you can see the similarities for the 2008 debacle and what happened in the, the COVID restrictions when everyone shut down and got laid off. You see this huge spike and then a gradual drop all the way back down to where the quote unquote full employment is, which is where we currently are right now. Cause I need to watch the unemployment number. Cause as you're starting to see a lot more like kind of those tech layoffs, and it seems like it's been really kind of constrained to that sector right now. I want to know if it starts broadening and move into the overall general economy, especially here for our local MSA, because if people are getting laid off, that means that they cannot get mortgages, which that means people that do need to sell the buyers aren't there. So that is why I track this stuff and make sure you check this stuff out every single month when this video goes live. So now let's take a look at the month of inventory for here in San Antonio. We are sitting at a 4.24 months inventory, and that is a 0.91 month increase from the previous month. So that is a huge increase from one month to the next. And that is something that does concern me if that continues to persist. So November 19, we were sitting at 3.91. So let's talk about months inventory, as I think that is the biggest indicator for where we think the real estate market currently is. Months of inventory tells us how much inventory is on the current market and whether we are in a buyer or seller's market. So now, depending on who you listen to, they say the balanced market is somewhere between four and a half to five. Some people even say six months of inventory is your balance market between buyer and seller. And they say the lower that number gets, the more of a seller's market is, the higher the number gets, the more of a buyer's market is on who's got the better negotiating power. But this number sitting at 4.24 would make you think like, hey, John, that number's still below four and a half. That means we're still in a seller's market. Well, the data does say that, and we do have lower inventory levels than what typically goes, seeing that 0.91 tells me that there is a big discrepancy between what the number shows you and what's actually happening in the market because our inventory is left for so low for so long. So now I can tell you from firsthand experience from listing houses these last months that this is a completely different market than where we were sitting in 2019 when we were at 391, which is not that much off, that far of a difference. We've listed several houses and we've had to do big price drops in order to get that traffic moving through the houses again, which is why you're starting to see that inventory fly up so much is because nobody wants to say like, hey, my neighbor just sold this house for $50,000 more than what you're telling me to list it for. I don't want to list at that price, Mr. Realtor. I want to list at what they listed for. So that's driving up inventory levels and people cannot afford those homes anymore. And people are getting that kind of fear of like, oh my God, I missed the boat, putting their houses on the market, trying to get what they can, which is driving up inventory. And I can tell you that even though those numbers are low, I feel we are more in a buyer's market for sure, depending on your area and price point over where your clients or where your house sits in the overall economy here in San Antonio. So now let's break down those inventory levels a little bit more so you can kind of understand what I mean that it depends where your house lands in the overall retrospects of the real estate market. So let's take a look at the months of inventory by price range. So you can kind of see that, keeping that in mind, that that four and a half to six months of inventory is your balanced market. And you can see several of these are still quote unquote in the seller's market. But as the prices fall, the more in demand for those houses are. So remember that like 2,600 uh, homes that were sold or whatever that number was, look at where the bulk of that inventory is sold. Somewhere between about 250 and 350,000, you have 700 or 
almost a thousand homes or 800 homes that were sold right there in that price point, seeing almost a third of the housing was sold right there in that price point, saying that is where the in-demand housing still is for people trying to buy. Because just because the market softens doesn't mean that people still, or the price is really high when you compare mortgages, doesn't mean people still need to buy homes. It just means that the prices are too high for where they can afford. So where they could afford in March of this year is drastically different than where they can afford in today's market in November, December, whichever, depending on when you're watching this. So for us, what we do with this data is we target homes that fit that most in-demand price point and where the bulk of the sales are. So that kind of insulates us from this high price pressure for people trying to afford homes, second homes, upgraded homes, wherever that may be. We're trying to find that first time home buyer. It's what our strategy has always been and continues to be to this day. So we're trying to find houses in the sub 300,000 mark for overall home values because we feel much more comfortable. We can get in the market, get that house fixed up, get it back on the market and sold and not have to play too much this game where price drop, price drop, price drop, where you're seeing in the more higher price homes, which the data supports when you get into those much higher price points. So now let's take a look at the market by overall zip codes and where the inventory currently sits. So now this is your top 10 zip codes with the lowest month of inventory. And you, as you can see, a lot of those are still in very, very hot uh, overall months of inventory where you can see some of these are in two and even lower than that. And these are not by any means small zip codes with no housing market. So we're 78217, 216, there are thousands and thousands of homes in that area. So there is still very high demand for those price points. So even though these last couple of years where we've seen every price and every zip going through the roof, that doesn't mean that's true now. Now you're kind of seeing where it's shifting, where you kind of have the top end falling down and the lower end price points continuing to rise. So that month's inventory, what this really means, and this is why I put what the prices were in November of 2020. So you can really make a formulated opinion and really grasp what low inventory levels do over time. So just two years ago, if you would have bought a house in 78248, the average sales price was 356,000. If you would have bought that house and now put it on the market and sold in 2022, you could sell the house for 520,000 potentially. So that is a massive windfall and gain for you if you held the house for just two years. But that is not guaranteed to continue. We'll definitely be watching this stuff to see if those numbers continue to see the price increases by zip code or not. We don't really don't know, but make sure you stay tuned into this every single month to see where this information continues to shape up over these next coming years. So now let's go to the bottom zip codes where the highest inventory is. And you can see a lot of these, like I was saying, it's not, it depends on where the market really is and where you're trying to list your house. If me, if we're targeting properties, we're targeting that other zip codes where you saw a lot of low inventory and still a lot of demand. And we're staying away from these, how these zip codes that have high demand and not necessarily we would try to stay behind it if we do or away from those zip codes it's just information to see if we see a massive amount of inventory we're buying at even steeper discounts where your typical 70 percent minus repairs what formula people are going for we're doing 65 percent because i need to make sure if i buy that house and i renovate it put on the market i have a margin of safety quote unquote your profit that people put in there is that you have room to drop your price 10, 20, 30, $40,000 and not kill yourself and get yourself into a bind because you're basically chase, chasing a falling knife and you're trying to catch where that market's at. So you need to be very careful when you're investing in these zip codes and why this inventory levels is so important is you need to make sure you understand 
what your competition level is and where price the price you're trying to target. So definitely keep this stuff in mind when you're running your inventories. And like I like I said, this is the lowest and I gave you the highest. There's 65 some zip codes in here. So if you're looking for that full list to see where zip code you're interested in falls in, once you look at the bottom of the screen and text market to 210-794-9898 and text market to that number and we'll get you added to our list and get you a copy of the full list and full PDF of all the zip codes and the slides right here. So that concludes this month's month's our market update. Make sure you tune in every single month because this data is going to continue to shift and change. And we're curious ourselves where this is going to go. So I'll keep putting this out for you guys and tune in. So until next month, we'll see you later.